Hey everyone, welcome to our first episode of this season here in 2024 of the Do the Breathing Online Business Podcast. And in the special mini series we're going to have going on for the next couple of weeks, you are going to be meeting some of the top contributors in our Back to Business Bundle, which is flinging open its doors on February 12th. And I wanted to tell you something super special. If you decide to upgrade to the premium tier, not only are you going to have access to over 80 premium courses that actually sell for $50 or more, 33 of them sell for $100 or more by themselves, but you're going to be able to get access to live panel discussions where you can ask our experts questions that you have about a particular topic. And one of those topics happens to be something that we're covering today with Ruta Esther, and that is all about using chat GPT. So in particular, in this discussion, as you're going to hear when you hear that second intro, we are going to be talking about it specifically with SEO, but on the panel discussion, you can ask us so much more questions. So I want to make sure that you do not miss your spot to the Back to Business Bundle. So head on over to backtobusinessbundle.com right now. If you're listening to this in real time, then you should be able to get access to our free waitlist prize, which is the Productivity Powerhouse, where we got over 70 of our contributors to tell us their most effective productivity hack. So people could just be like, oh yeah, it's my system for XYZ. Like, no, no, like, what do you actually do? So if you're wondering what people are actually doing rather than saying what they should be doing, like a 12-step morning routine, then make sure you head on over to backtobusinessbundle.com right now. The ebook will be available until February 11th. And then it is bundle time, baby, where we have two tiers, both a free and a paid tier. I am so unbelievably excited. There's going to be bundle bingo. So make sure you join the Facebook group. That'll be opening a little bit closer to the bundle. So now let's go ahead to pass Kate and Rita and let's talk about how you can use chat GPT for some SEO juice. Is SEO even worth your time, especially since everyone's just having chat GPT write everything for them, obviously? Let's talk about it and how you can use Chad, as I like to call him, the right way to get Google to fall in love with you. You guys are listening to the Do the Brave Thing online business podcast, where not only are you going to get dangerously actionable advice that you can start implementing in your business today to start seeing massive results, but I'm going to make sure that your brain doesn't get in the way from you actually doing those things on repeat, because if you do not commit to doing the brave thing, you're not going to get the changes that you want. Now, let's get to it. What is up, Home Slices? I am beyond excited for this interview. I know that we have been interviewing our sort of VIPs. Honestly, these are the contributors for the Back to Business Bundle that people just absolutely love year after year. And so I wanted to get them on the podcast so that way you guys can get an extra helping of all of their knowledge in this interview. Oh my goodness, boy, does it not disappoint. You are going to want to listen to it time and time again. I have like pages and pages of notes from it as well. So we are interviewing Reed Esther, who is going to be talking all about SEO and actually how you can use AI in particular. We talk about chat GPT, or as you longtime listeners know, I call him Chad, so that way I don't have to worry about, you know, mixing up his initials. And so what we're going to talk about is what is working right now in 2024 for SEO. Is it worth your time? What are some huge no-nos that Google does not want you to be doing? How do we handle the fact that robots like ChatGPT and others and Jasper and stuff can just like you give them a couple of prompts and they're just spitting out blog posts and like, does Google hate this? How they caught on? What's going on? What can we do to leverage these tools without cheating or watering down or lessening our brand? We are going to talk about the three biggest mistakes when it comes particularly to SEO again in 2024 that you can be making that you just absolutely need to stop. We're going to talk about what you need to do. Say if you have been 
around for a while. Maybe that just hasn't been something you've been focusing on because, you know, it takes so much time, so much effort. Rita actually gets really vulnerable and admits how much she spends a month on SEO tools. Don't worry. Uh, we don't need them at all. She's just being an SEO expert for some of her clients. She's absolutely amazing. So you're going to be able to keep a lot of money in your pocket because she's going to talk about free tools that are actually worth your time. We're going to talk a little bit about why even if Yoast gives you all green lights that it is it's just, it's not, it's not going to work. So we're going to talk about how you can create an SEO plan that really is not going to overwhelm you, but it's actually going to get your content in front of more eyeballs and how you can save some time by leveraging those bots because we do love us some bots here because we want to be able to give ourselves a head start and shortcuts that are ethical and feel great to us. And as always, guys, if you have not headed over to backtobusinessbundle.com right now, make sure you go ahead and sign up for the waitlist so that way you can get in on the action when we open up the doors. This is our biggest bundle that we've ever put together. We have a free tier. We have a premium tier. We have live bonuses. We've got raffle items. We have never done an event this big at all, and I do not want you to miss out. You also get a free goodie when you go ahead and sign up for the waitlist if it is still open when you are listening to this. And that's it. Now let's go ahead and talk to Rita Esther all about utilizing SEO now and leveraging Chad in a great way. All right, everyone, like I was gushing on and on about the intro uh, about this particular individual that we are going to be interviewing. Not only, like I said, is she one of our VIP, one of our key contributors and always a fan favorite in the Back to Business Bundle that we have going on in February. And we'll put a link down below so you can hop on the waitlist if you're listening before. All of that, but we've got Reader here to talk about all things and we are going to be talking about SEO and AI. We are going to be talking about utilizing robots in a good way. So not to come up with like some generic sort of bull stuff stuff. Now, SEO is a topic, Rita, that usually you don't see too many females talking about. Like it always seems to be like pay-per-click dudes somehow. So like how did you get into SEO? Like has this always been your thing? Like were you like, I love you, it's the best. Like, what What made you think like, yeah, like in 2024, like SEO still matters and it can work? Well, uh, to be honest with you, I had no desire whatsoever to ever do SEO. I'm a designer. I love to make things look pretty. That's my favorite thing to do in the entire world. I literally could do that all day long. But I had a client whose website was just not performing well at all in Google. And she asked me if I could just look at it, just take a peek. And I told her, I was very honest, like, I don't know anything about SEO. And she's like, well, Rita, you're always in there. And we had Yoast installed on her website. And she's like, what just, can you just, you know, basically I will pay you if you'll try to figure this out a little bit. That was probably two years ago. And of course I took her up on it. She's going to pay me to learn. I like to learn. I'll learn for free, but if you're going to pay me for it, definitely like to learn. So I just started taking, well, I started watching some YouTube videos. I took a couple of courses and it's like a puzzle. And I absolutely love puzzles. And I have now become absolutely obsessed with SEO. And you're absolutely right. Most people who specialize in it are guys and so maybe that's another reason that I kind of shied away for, from it because I felt like it was kind of that like pro marketing and, you know, they got that black hat and white hat and all this sneaky stuff. And I'm just not into all that stuff. But once I realized what it was really about and what really works, and basically what that is, is that you create content that is super helpful for the people that you mean to help. Then I just became really excited about it. And the more I do it, the more I love it. And since I have started doing 
SEO for that same client. She is now on page one of Google for most, not most of, I was, let me just be honest here. Not most of the stuff that she wants to rank for, but a lot of the things that she would like to have ranked for. And she's getting like featured snippets and the people also ask links and all of those things. She's outranking her competitors and it's great. I absolutely love it. I love that so much. And I definitely want to ask you like, what are some of the pieces of the puzzle? Because you had mentioned that definitely having super helpful content for the people that you actually want to help is one of the key things. But could you define the term? And this is why I like personally also kind of like a bad taste in my mouth with SEO. Um, what's black hat and white hat? You had mentioned those terms. Sure. So I, just to be very transparent, I don't mess with any of that. But apparently black hat is where you're trying to be sneaky and you do things to try to like get around Google's algorithms and a lot of the bros, they kind of preach that, like, just do this and you'll rank on Google because you're getting around the rules. And the problem with that is that Google, they pick up on that and they change the rules. So a good example of Black Hat that some of us that are older, like myself, might remember from, say, 10 or 15 years ago, people used to say, like, if you want to rank for a pink bubblegum, you would write pink bubblegum a hundred times and then change the color of the font to white so that nobody could see it, right? And that way you would get ranked for pink bubblegum. However, Google caught onto that and then you would get punished for that. So whatever black hat strategies there are, Google knows about it. They will figure it out and they change their algorithms. That's generally why Google Google's algorithms change and people uh, who do uh, shady things with their websites get punished for it. Whereas white hat, means you play by the rules. You are literally going to Google's best practices uh, website and reading exactly what they're wanting you to create. And then you create that content. And so uh, Google has something called EEAT, which is um, experience, education, authority. And uh, I can't remember the last one, what the T stands for. We're basically showing that you, you know what you're doing. You actually have the authority to talk about this. Um, so if you can get your EEAT score up, then you're um, you're doing good. I can't remember what the T stands for. Isn't that terrible? I don't remember. <laughs> but anyway. That's all right. So, so the white hat people, they follow what Google wants and they do their very best to um, abide by Google's guidelines. So is there, you had mentioned that Google had these best practices. Like, is there a website for that? Yeah, if you go, if you, go to like Google itself and say like Google best practices, Google document. There is like a 50 page document of the things that they, they want you to you know do and you know include pictures and try to have like a table of contents at the top. Things that, that basically um, improve the, the reader's experience. So Google's goal for any web search is that you search for what you're looking for. So how do I paint kitchen cabinets and the first link that you click on, that's the one that you stay on. So when you go back to Google and say, how do I paint kitchen cabinets with a brush? After you've already searched for how do I paint kitchen cabinets, then um, like Google doesn't like that. They want you to just search it once, find what you're looking for, and then you're done. So they have like a whole document that you can read that teaches you or helps you learn how to just be that one click answer for whatever problem people are searching for. That is awesome. And I will definitely get the link from Rita because I know that you guys are going to look for it. I'll get the proper search term and we'll put it down 
in the show notes. So that way you can go ahead and have that link for everyone because I know that they're going to look at it. Now, is it one of those, like, is it a really thick read? Is it something that like you can curl up with a good book? Or is it like, just like give yourself a little bit of time? Because I know this topic can be really overwhelming. And honestly, it could seem like a crapshoot because does SEO take a while to kick in? Um, well, for, as far as that, the Google's best practices document, it is not an enjoyable read at, by, by any stretch of the imagination. And so, and to be very honest, I haven't read the whole thing myself. I just kind of search for what I'm looking for in it and then keep going. Um, and what was the second question you asked me? I apologize. No, it was about sort of getting that. Oh, how long does it take? How long does it take for SEO to to sort of like come Mm -hmm. into play? Sure. So, um, it depends on what you're trying to rank for. So let's just say, you know, Kate Doster, you're an email marketer. If you try to rank for email marketing and you're a brand new website and Google has no idea who you are, you are not going to rank for email marketing. It's not going to happen. And so the people who tell you, oh, well, it takes six months to rank or a year to rank, that's 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 basically just a nice way of saying like, no, it's not, you're not going to rank for that. However, if you wanted to rank for, say, email marketing, for uh for email marketing for paint for cabinets using a brush roller just going back to that other example you can rank for that pretty easily you can get to page one on google that day or the next day so it really depends on how difficult the keyword is like how saturated that uh search term is and it uh it also matters how specific the thing is that you are blogging about. So let me just back up one one uh, thought in my mind. There's a common misconception that you that you as a business owner want to rank for the thing that you're that you do. So it might be email marketing or wellness coaching or mindset coaching or I don't know bicycle parts. That's not the way that people use Google. People don't go to Google and type in bicycle parts or email marketing. People go into Google and say, how do I create a welcome email series? Or they go into Google and say, how do I fix the chain on my Buffy whatever bicycle? They go to Google and they ask a question. So your goal as the business owner is to answer the questions that your people are asking. And so, for example, um, one of my clients just recently ranked on Google within like a week of it being uh, released a blog post about, can I eat more food? What's the, there's the name of a certain diet. I can't, she's a nutritionist. I'm trying to remember the name of this diet. Anyway, it was, can I lose weight while eating more food on the volumetrics diet? Can I lose weight while eating more food on, there's a certain diet called the volumetrics diet, which is like the Atkins diet or the whatever. And within a week, she's ranking for that. She's already getting traffic for it. Like you don't, it does not take months if you are strategic about the content that you create. So we had mentioned and you had talked about the um, experience, expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. So the trustworthiness that they are looking for um, when it comes to that. So do you think that, one, obviously it was a good sort of keyword or phrase and the keyword and phrase, that's just like what someone's typing into Google, right? Like that's what it's called. That's the same thing. Um, do you think that she ranked so high for that? Not only because it was very specific, which you said is one of the key things, but 
does her website already sort of have the authority about talking about like nutrition and all those sorts of things? She so, like, a, she, she would have those markers. Yeah, she is a registered nutritionist. And um, as a caveat, she would never, ever have ranked for that blog post in the first place if she didn't already have what what I call like the foundation posts, which are, you know, what is gut health or, you know, what is mindful eating or how a dietitian can help you, blah, blah, blah. So every, every website, regardless of your niche, you have to have these foundational posts that that signal to Google what your website is about, knowing you're never going to rank. These are never going to rank. These are just letting Google know, like, this is who I am. This is what I do. Right. So um, like for myself, it might be, you know, what is a, uh, what is a virtual assistant or how to hire, uh, how to delegate to your team, et cetera, et cetera. And then you get more specific. So just, you have to have those five to 10 foundational posts, but she's been in business for now two years so Google already knows that she is an expert uh, and authority in her field, but the volumetrics diet was that specific search. Um, and can I lose weight while eating more on the volumetrics diet? Because the volumetrics diet is about eating a ton of food that is like super uh, calorie light. So like, for example, eating a ton of lettuce just to fill up your stomach mm-hmm. and you're, um, you feel full while not consuming a bunch of calories nutrient dense high volume eating thank you that's it that's what it is it really works (laughs) it's actually like what i love about writing her blog post is i'm like oh let me try this for this week and uh, (laughs) i'm on a new diet every week (laughs) so how can you figure out like say if you're just starting out or if maybe you've had a website for a while, but like Google just doesn't necessarily like it. Right. And so you're like, you know what, now that you're going to scrap all of your content, but you're like, okay, those foundational posts that Rita talked about, it's about five to 10. How would you figure out, or is that sort of like where chat GPT would come in or AI? Like, how would you figure out what five or 10 posts sure. you should have? So the way that, um, the way that we do this as a team is we use chat GPT all the time, not just for content itself like writing the blog post which we do use it for that as well but for strategy and what you want to ask chat gpt is put in a prompt that says something along the lines of i am creating a website in niche my focus is i i will help people in this way so here's my basically here's who i am here's who i help here's how i help them create a site structure for me and it will literally say, okay, well, here's what you do. Here's, it'll, it'll literally be like, I did this this morning for a new client who does gut health. And the suggested site structure was, you know, gut health 101, microbiomes 101, um, IBS 101. So it's like, you know, what is gut health? What is a microbiome? <clears throat> to lay those foundational posts. And then, then you can get into the deeper um, aspects of it. So I do use ChatGPT a lot. And I also use quite a few paid SEO tools. I didn't at first. Um, and altogether, I, I, I'm not going to say ashamed to admit, but the reality of doing this uh, professionally is I spend about $500 a month just on SEO tools, but it's 100% worth it. But you don't have to do that as a small business owner. You can literally type into Google, how do I, and pretend as if you're your client. So if I go back to like the dietitian example, a lot of my clients are dietitians. How do I lose weight without? 
And what does Google suggest? Those are some great topics. How do I lose weight without, or how do I blank without, and then and leave it, like put a space and see what Google suggests. Or if maybe you're a yoga instructor and you instructor and so but you have to put yourself in the mind of your ideal client so for me if I were a yoga instructor and I wanted to target people like myself it might be can I do yoga at home and get results see what comes up look at the people also ask so anytime you do a google search there's a people also ask section underneath that if you literally make a blog post about whatever that title is whatever you typed into google and you answer every single question and that people also ask, that's a really good chance for you ranking without using a single paid tool. I had a client, <coughs> excuse me, had a client who um, did that before we were working together professionally, just somebody I knew in a Facebook group. And she asked for some advice for SEO. We got hopped on a call real quick. And I told her this very same thing, type in what your ideal client would ask Google and answer every single one of those people also ask questions and you will rank on Google. And she has, she is the, she is number one on Google for her niche and for that question and has been for a year now. And she's getting her business skyrocketed from that one blog post. Just that use that is, free tactic. That is fantastic. So again, utilize the tool. I will say I've heard, and I don't know if you know this, but I've heard to if you're going to do that, do it in an incognito window. Cause I heard that sometimes yes. Google takes into our preference good, um, good or our own yes. location. Yes. Um, I don't know if that's still accurate. Code. Yes. Cause Google tracks you. They know everything about you. So definitely use an incognito window. So that way you can get clean data and not uh, data that's weighted towards your search history and who Google knows you are as a person. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. So you had mentioned for um, about using chat GPT to create like that site structure and to perhaps get some content ideas. Um, can you utilize it? Like say, and I don't know if this would work, but like, say we already have a blog post and like, we thought that it was really good. Maybe poured a lot of, of love and tears in it. Maybe it's a slightly older blog post and now we want to update it. Like, can we like ask it to like, make it more SEO friendly or like feed it information to it. Cause the other question that I definitely have, um, and again, this is why this topic is so broy and, but I wanted you to talk about it because you're the least broiest marketer I know. Um, are people just like putting in blog post ideas and then just cutting and pasting them directly from chat GPT and like not altering them at all. So now like everyone's got the same blog post. Okay. So let's, the first it's thing is a very loaded uh, question. Yes. Well, and you're going to take, let's start with the first question about updating. What you can do is if you have a blog post and you look back on it, and this is, okay, let's look back, you know, five years ago, seven years ago, the, the common blog post format was almost like writing a love letter to your audience. So it might be like a day in the life and like, oh, this morning I woke up and there's a slight chill in the air because now it's a little bit cold. And I heard like there's all this stuff and it's not strategic. That's not the way the internet works anymore, but a lot of people still write blog posts in that way. So if you're ranking for something and you want to update it, please put it in the chat GPT. But even if you've got a blog post, that's just a couple of years old and you look back on it and you're just a little bit embarrassed as we all are when we look at what we did two years ago or three years ago or five years ago, put it in chat GPT 
And what you want to do is prime chat GPT first before you ever cut and paste. And you say, you are an expert at SEO and you uh, know all about Google's EEAT. What we are going to do today is take an old blog post and revamp it to more utilize Google's EEAT framework. Do you understand? And, and I usually just say, like, give me an emoji if you get it or give me a thumbs up if you're ready to go or whatever. I have found, by the way, that the more you treat ChatGPT like an actual person, be like, hey, girl, if you're ready to go, give me a thumbs up, the better it does. So when that's what I found, or I've always, I saw, I just saw a reel the other day that always says, please. And thank you. And they go just in case. Cause other robot operas, but like, I still do that all the time. Oh, like, I was I like, have, I try, I have, but I'm going I was for in this, a, please. I was in a rush last week and trying to get something done. And I did not, I was not as friendly with chat GPT and I, I got nothing but crap outputs. It was so terrible. And I was like, and it gave me finally something that was good. And I was like, Oh, thank you so much. This is perfect. And ChatGPT, after an hour of garbage, hit me back with some emojis like, oh, I'm so glad you love this one. Do you want to keep going? And I was like, this evil robot needs me to kiss its behind for it to do a good job. And so, yes, be nice to the chat. But if you go back to all I said, if you prime ChatGPT with what its, what its job is, what we're going to do and ask for an emoji and be excited, then literally copy and paste your blog post in there and say, can you give me any suggestions for improvements? And it will. You can ask for uh, suggestions to improve the cohesiveness, the actual structure with the headings or whatever. If you opt to um, to upgrade to the paid version of ChatGPT, it can even surf the web. So you can put in the actual URL of the blog and it can suggest better pictures or what it's pretty incredible what it can do. And the second thing that you mentioned was you know, there are going to be a lot of people just cutting and pasting and put whatever comes out. And the good news is, is that, yes, there is. There's going to be so many people who are going to go to ChatGPT and say, write me an article about sewing a dress. And ChatGPT is going to regurgitate the most boring, unusable pile of garbage that you ever saw online. And somebody is going to put that on their website and cross their fingers and hope. And what that means for the rest of us who actually do business the smart way is that it's going to be so much easier now to stand out from the crowd if you use ChatGPT and SEO strategically. If you say, hey, ChatGPT, I want to write a blog about sewing a dress. I want to include some of my personal experiences. I want to make the content relatable. I want to have an engaging and friendly tone of voice. And I want to finish off with an encouraging note to encourage my readers to go ahead and give it a try. Most people aren't going to do all that. And um, your content is going to be a thousand times better. And right now, so my prediction is that a year from now, the the stuff that people are, are producing right now in chat GPT is going to be so much trash. That's going to be so much easier to stand out online. I really do think so. I think that that you can tell. I know that we call him Chad in my business um, because my dyslexia will kick in and so I'll mess up his letters. So it's Chad. Um, <laughs> but what I found is that like one of the things that we use Chad for, again, this is an SEO, but it's definitely something that we want to start to incorporate is like I can take 
the audio transcription of this interview that I'm doing with Rita and I can put it in there. Sometimes it's too big for Chad. So I do need to like, let him know it's coming and I can have Chad make show notes based off of it. I can have Chad make a blog post about it. But like you said, when you give it better prompts and when you prime it, it's a lot better. Cause I, I have done that same thing. Um, I don't know this because I haven't done it because I was too freaked out. But one of my followers was like, you can ask it to write a tone, to write an email in the tone of Kate Doster. Have you done that? I'm like, I have not. Um, and I will not. Although I have a feeling I'd use probably way too many emojis. And I don't know about your Chad, but my Chad love exclamation points. And I have to like specifically tell me, no, <laughs> no exclamation points. Uh, when you're asked for friendly he just automatically it's like exclamation point every other sentence I'm like what <laughs> what is going on here so um, my we talked about how are... oh sorry mm-hmm. I was gonna no, say go ahead I want to know your pet peeves first we were talking about the exclamation points for the work that I do the ones that get me the most it always says daunting like you may find this daunting and I will literally say write this do not say the word daunting and it'll do it anyway it's a cheeky little thing yeah. that robot it's like it knows that's a pet peeve of mine, so it does it on purpose. That's my opinion. <laughs> or um, because we've been playing around with it for like hashtags to put at the end of an Instagram post. And I would like specifically write group the hashtags, do not number them out. So that way I can just cut and paste now. They're always numbered. And I'm like, okay, put that list, but do it as a paragraph. So, and then it's like trying to like fit in and it's like words in a sentence. I'm like, you're God. I just want it as a group. <laughs> Stop numbering it. I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> oh, but again, the more that you sort of utilize the tool, again, the more that you prep it. Again, I think a lot of people just think like, oh, I can just shove it in there. Like, oh, write me a weekly email about making a dress. And then it's like, you can cut paste. I'm like, they're, they're awful. I will say they are a great starting off point. Like if you have to write, swipe file copy for affiliates like I usually give mine with a little bit of flavor because they're hanging out with me so usually like my tone of voice like people might be like oh, that's pretty close because I hang out with cool people but you have to realize for affiliates they all have their own different voices so having something that sounds a little more generic could be all right but um when it comes to SEO in particular we had talked about how you can find out those foundational posts um you had talked about how we can put in old posts um Will it tell me like keywords that like I could rank for? Like, I know this is like an odd question. I'm not quite sure if I'm wording it correctly, but like, say like you had the paid version and you could put in your own website, right? Like, could it be like, hey, Chad, again, because that's what we call him. Like, hey, Chad, go to like katedoster.com and give me a list of 25 long tail keywords that this website is positioned to rank for. Like, could it do something like that? Or like, cause I know that a lot of people when it comes to SEO do a lot of time with keyword research and all those sorts of things. So like, how does that work with Chad? So for that particular thing, I, I would not trust chat GPT's output for that right now. There are SEO plugins. If you have the paid version of chat GPT, then you're, you know, then you can get plugins and some plugins, then you again have to pay for those. And I do pay for a few of them, but I have found the results from those to be pretty inconsistent when it comes to what, uh, what can I rank for? Like if I put in my website or your website or a client's website, I trust SEM rush uh, more than anything else. 
And it's, it's, I want to say it starts at, Rush. Yes. I want to say it starts at 120 a month for the most basic plan. So it's not mm-hmm. an expensive tool, but it is insanely uh, insightful. Almost too much is a lot. So SEMrush would be the one where we'd be like, here's, here's my website. Like, let me know because um, in one of the steps we, you guys know that we've had, if you guys are long, long time listeners, you know that we have a, a listy named Mike Pearson who has a stupid, simple SEO course. And one of the exercises that he has you do, but I think he just has you do it during Google console is to see what Google thinks your website is about. Oh yeah. That's and like, you would, you would be surprised especially if we are focusing on um, this eat modality about being trustworthy and an authority, what do they think that you're an authority actually on? Right. So like yeah. that can be really like eye opening, but like, what if, I guess my concern would be like, what if it thinks that you're something that you're not like, I think that I, won't, I haven't been on there forever. I think it thinks that I blog about blogging, um, which I think I might have one post on like how to start a blog. Cause everyone has that obligatory blog. Um, to get that sweet, sweet affiliate income, but it's like, wait a minute, that's not what we talk about. Yeah. That's a, a funny story. I have a client who actually the one that got me to start doing SEO in the first place a few years back, but, uh, going into Google search console, one of the first things that I noticed is that she was ranking for taking care of business as in like the song taking care of business no. because and keep up, keep in mind, she is a, a a business coach, right? She doesn't have song lyrics. There's no guitar tabs. There's no, you know, video of her playing the flute. But she wrote a blog post called Taking Care of Business. And it was about like, you know, making your priorities. And this, she wrote this back in like 2017 or something. And it's one of those like 300 word, hey, it was like more what we would consider like newsletter content these days, but back then was normal for a blog. And I basically had to take that whole post down because she was people, she was known for that song, taking care of business. And it had nothing to do with that. Absolutely nothing. And so, yes, I do highly encourage you going into Google search console. And uh, that's a whole nother conversation we can have about that. But yeah, put your website in, see what see how people are finding you it is a very enlightening and and maybe a little uh discouraging but that's okay because if you don't know about it then you can't fix it and we do know about it then you can actually fix it so one of the things that you just mentioned again like with this whole story of taking care of business and i don't know if this is still a best practice and that's why i really want to talk to experts about what's working right now because online business like has just changed but like everything is always constantly evolving so like i don't know why people are shocked um so is it still a good strategy to like prune your content and your blog posts, like to get rid of those? Like, would you delete them? Do you just unpublish them? I would delete. I would like, do you do SEO unpublish. cleaning? Yes. I, th- that is still best practices is to prune some of your old posts. If they don't make any sense for your brand anymore, whenever you do that, like I would probably do it all in a chunk. And then let Google know that your site map has been updated. So that way it knows that those, those blogs have been taken down, but yeah, that is still a good, uh, a good SEO practice. And it's also really good for your SEO is if you on a schedule once a month, once every other month, once a quarter, whatever works good for you, update one old blog post, put it in Google search console to let Google know that you have updated it. 
Um, and that really helps your Google juice is that they know they know that you are actively working to keep your content relevant for the people who are searching for you. Um, another thing that people don't talk about a whole lot when it comes to SEO and the whole Google verse is Google My Business. If you've got a local business or if you have or not, but just in general, Google My Business can really help you skyrocket your uh, local SEO. So if you have anything local, so for example, one of my clients who's a dietitian, she very active on the Google My Business, like every single blog post gets posted on her profile. She posts on her Google My Business as if it were social media, which I do recommend. But then whenever people are searching for a dietitian in her city, guess who comes up first? Because she is utilizing the Google My Business um, tool. So if you have anything local, if you have a local business, and, and like if it's the state of, you know, like the state of Louisiana or the Southeast or the Gulf Coast, whatever it is, put in your location. It helps. And, and just you can set up with Zapier where uh, Zapier will automatically post to your Google My Business whenever you post on social or release a blog. So you don't have to do it manually, um, but it, it pays off in spades. That's one of my very first things that I do when I work with anybody on SEO who has a local company is we got to get your Google My Business profile snatched, optimized, uh, put in all the keywords on that and start posting to it regularly. Google loves it. So it's like, it's it's a free SEO boost. It just takes a little bit of your time. I, oh, I love that. So again, any like local business are definitely like my service providers, because again, even if say you are an online trainer, you never know, someone might just be searching for a personal trainer in wherever you live, right? I'm not saying that like, oh no, you have to go to the gym. They might be into that sort of thing. But again, they're just sort of looking for recommendations. So I love that you had mentioned telling Google about your sitemap. How do we tell Google like, Hey, I made it look prettier or better. Sure. So literally do a Google search for how do I update my sitemap with Google and a Google mm -hmm. article will pop, will pop up and just follow that. So you just, uh, depending on what platform you're on, whether it's WordPress or Wix or whatever, in general, WordPress, you will already have a sitemap with your theme. It should already be there. Google already has found it. If not, you may need to do a little Googling yourself to figure out, do I have a sitemap? Where can I find it? If you don't have a sitemap, how do I create a sitemap for XYZ theme or you know Wix or Squarespace or whatever it is? It's definitely worth your while to submit that to Google. Um, and just let me also say, Google is like, Google, I'm in an abusive relationship with Google. Whenever you submit your stuff to Google, you will immediately start getting so many emails that say, hey, there's been an error on this page. There's an error on this page. This isn't working right. Blah, 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 blah. Kate, you and I went through that a couple of years ago. You were getting a bunch of stuff and I spent a lot of time trying to make Google happy. And the truth is, is that Google is an abusive lover. It will never be happy. So don't stress about all those emails and most of them you can just ignore uh, and I hate to say that, but it's true that they just, I don't know what their strategy is behind that, but it's, it's almost stressful for people when they get all of these, you know, your, uh, the canonical tag for this is giving me an error and it literally means nothing in the real world, but just, I'm just want to let, let everybody have a little heads up. That yeah. 
Whenever you start doing this, Google will email you relentlessly, set up a filter in your inbox and have somebody else check it once a week for your own sanity, please. <laughs> that was actually going to be my next question because I could talk about this forever, but I do think that SEO is one of those strategies. I feel like you're either all in like you are with all of your fancy tools and doing all this sort of stuff, or it's just something like, ah, maybe like I've got like green lights and yo, so like that, that's kind of okay. So if somebody has decided that they do want to start incorporating more SEO just as a traffic source, or they want to be able to position themselves, um, and maybe they need to do like an audit of their website or their procedures, what are sort of like three key takeaways that you think that people should do to get started with SEO, whether it's inviting Chad to help us or not, but like, what are like the three things that people can start implementing, say this month, maybe something they could do today, something they can schedule out. What would you say is like the first sort of three steps in actually being able to rank? Okay. So let's just pretend like you don't have a brick and mortar uh, or you don't service people locally, because if you do, number one is Google My Business. Definitely. Um, okay, but let's just say that you don't. You're strictly online like I am and like Kate is. Number one is to make sure you have those foundational posts that let Google know who you are. And it can literally be your niche 101. So for me, it might be outsourcing 101. SEO for small businesses 101. Know that you're not going to rank for it. That's okay. But you have to let Google know what you're about. Number two would be to um, go ahead and sign up for Google My Business. It's or not Google My Business, for Google Search Console. It's free. It's part of your Google account. And post regularly. And every time you post, submit it to Google Search Console. Whenever I say regularly, just as you would have a social media schedule, or if you're posting on YouTube, a schedule, Google likes it whenever you have a predictable blog release schedule. So the same as if you're emailing people, if you email people on Tuesdays, they like to get your emails on Tuesdays. <laughs> Excuse me. So whether you're blogging on the first and the 15th of the month, or you only want to do it once a month, and it's the first Tuesday of every month, whatever it is, pick a schedule and do your very best to stick as close to that as possible. And the third thing that I would like to uh, say, and this isn't really SEO related, it's more, I guess, strategy related, is that, you know, I work with a lot of small business owners and a lot of people are mul making multiple six figures. My clients aren't, they're doing very well for the most part. And they spend so much of their time, energy, mind, space, budget, my like the budget they spend on me, on their social media, and no matter how good your Facebook post is, nobody is going to ever see it past 24 to 72 hours after it's been published. However, a good blog post that's been well-researched, well-written, and keyword optimized, et cetera, et cetera, it's been done the right way, will live on forever. So I guess that'd be my third tip is to realize the longevity of your uh, time, energy, budget, and effort when it comes to SEO. It's not as fun as social media. It's not as glamorous as being a YouTube person or whatever, but in the big picture, strategically, it makes so much more sense to spend your effort on good SEO, doing it right, 
than it does stressing over what emojis to use on your Instagram post. Um, so that would be my, my, my three things. Y'all, you can get your blog post, feed it into Chad, and then have Chad make social media posts. Again, it's, you got to be nice to him and you got to feed him some stuff, but it'll give you some starting off points. So it's like that repurposing 101 type of a thing. Start with something that's really great. So I talked about those three things to do. And this reminds me, if you guys are longtime listeners of our summit that we had, the big three summit, what are like the three most egregious mistakes? that you just see, and you're just like, all right, I know y'all are gung ho. You're going to do your foundational post. We are going to make sure we have Google search console. We are going to look at this as long-term because a well-written blog post, again, it is going to survive longer than any social media post, any real, any TikTok, any that sort of a thing. What's just like, you're like, oh, honey, oh, honey, no. I'm like, no, don't, 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 don't post giant pictures from Canva that say, PNG one, like what is okay? Well, that was my first like, one. <laughs> I hate that. I just know because you're my graphic designer. If you guys ever go to the website, like it's all it's all Rita stuff. It's gorgeous. So that, is that the number one? I'll go ahead. The three things that are just killing us. Okay, like yeah, if you do nothing else, things. number one will be image optimization. So make sure that your images are the right size. I'm not going to go over what those sizes are. Do a Google search and it will tell you. Um, but make sure that the right size, not just dimensions, as in how many. How many, like, how many inches by how many inches, but the actual file size is as small as possible. Um, the second biggest mistake, and you wouldn't think that we'd see this anymore really, but um, mobile-friendly, responsive. Make sure that your site looks good on every device that you possibly can. Sitting in front of me right now, I'm looking at my desktop screen. I have a laptop. Here's a cell phone. Here's a tablet. I will literally test every single page on all of these devices before it's ever published. And the third biggest mistake is there's no actual strategy. So one week you might be talking about, I don't know, how to blow up balloons and make little giraffes out of balloon animals. And the next week you're talking about travel tips if you're going to Mexico and there's no theme. So if you want to talk about different things, then start a different blog. So your, your blog Unless it's just like, hey, I'm Rita and come follow me. And it's more like a lifestyle, you know, hang out with me kind of blog. Like if you're if you're in business and there's a purpose and you're serving people and you have a niche, stick to that. If you feel the need to express yourself outside of those topics, start a different blog. I absolutely love it. That's why you guys will never see anything about my health and fitness or powerlifting on my website because it has nothing to do with anything. But y'all, when I stopped posting on Instagram stories, y'all got mad at me. So that's the only reason why they hang out over there. <laughs> <laughs> I love those. It makes me want to go to the gym. All right. All right. We will, you can watch me crush myself in the rainbow circle. That's a definitely so I love inspiration. That. Every time I see you lift a, a big thing, <laughs> I expect your butthole to go right inside out because Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're, we're going to see, I got some, I got some big numbers in my head as we're recording this. My powerlifting meet is uh, about a month away, but you guys know who's in magic of editing. We're posting this after the meet. So if you've been following me on Instagram, you know how it goes, but I got, I got some big numbers in my head. So when it comes to SEO, y'all, if you do nothing else, again, image optimization, go ahead, Google it, go figure, right? Go ahead and Google it. Make sure that you have the file size, right? Make sure you've got the dimensions correct. And again, we still want it to look nice. So you're not going to make it like the smallest compressed size possible. And then it looks all fuzzy on everything. And everyone's like, oh, because again, that, that goes into sort of that sort of trustworthiness factor. I like to think 
uh, when it comes into that. We want to make sure that it is looking good on mobile and we want to make sure that we have a strategy. Again, even if you are a lifestyle blogger, maybe that comes into one of those consistency things. Like you have those content pillars and like, again, they would be, you know, in your menu bar. So like Google's aware, like, oh, they talk about kids activity, home organization and this. But again, if you're trying to rank, especially at the beginning, well, you might want to add one of those other verticals. Maybe it's just got to be about home organization for a while. So Google exactly. kind of well gets it. I love all of that. So besides hanging out at the back to business bundle that we've got going on in February in a couple of weeks, where can people hang out with you? Where can they find out more about what you do? How can they get more Rita in their life? Sure. So my Instagram is at delegate and accelerate. And my website is delegateandaccelerate.com. Excellent. And we'll link to all of those things as well. Like I said, definitely be on the lookout for Rita's gift. It'll have the VIP tag for the Back to Business Bundle because you are definitely going to want it. And I will talk to y'all next week. Well, look at that action taker. You made it all the way to the end. Kudos to you. So if you want to keep this do the brave thing momentum going, because let's be real, sure, listening to a 25 to 30 minute podcast can definitely get you amped, but what are you going to do the rest of the week? Make sure you're following me over on Instagram, Kate underscore Doster. There's a link in the bio. And if you absolutely love this episode, it would be fantastic if you could leave us a rating and review or share a screenshot and tag us on your Instagram stories. I'll see you next week. Later days.